What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Electric Lady Podcast. I am your host, Leah. And let me tell you, this has been a long time project slash passion, what, whatever you call it. This has been a long time thing that I've just been trying to launch. And now is the right time. And for some of you guys who may know me, I have had a podcast before. And now I feel like I might have to do this solo dolo. And I am plus with a few guests every week. Uh, and yeah, so welcome to the Electric Lady podcast, where we will be discussing all things African, black, and amazing. And just to kind of be specific, I do want to discuss key topics of being a second or third cultured kid, especially growing up in the North American context and eventually uh, moving back as a returnee to my parents' country of origin, which is Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Um, <laughs> I had to say it like that or else. It's just, it's not, you won't get the full effect. Um, yeah, so a little bit about myself is that I, as you guys heard, I am a returnee. Um, and definitely a lot of it's been three years since I've been here and there are a lot of things that I've discovered not just about myself on a personal level but just as a, on a societal level on a global level it really did bring me um, I would say it, br it brought me closer to not just my roots but to other African folks and black people especially being on the continent you do experience and hear and see a lot of things um, and yeah, so what also inspired me is that I have always wanted to bridge that gap between the diaspora, whether that is, you know, whether you are Afro-Caribbean or African or African-American, there is a narrative uh, that some of us share, very similar narrative or completely different narratives, but we can all learn from each other and support each other in solidarity. And I think that's very important, especially during these times. And yes, this is partially why I be, I started this podcast. Um, of course, it's it's a, it's a reflection on the current age that we're in right now, with not just uh, Black Lives Matter, but the whole situation. What's happening globally? It, it is inspiring to see how Black people. I am so sorry about that, guys. <laughs> that is my alarm. I set an alarm every day that asks me, how do I feel? And what am I gonna do about that today? And so I guess a little glimpse in my world, I like to have these little reminders uh, of reflection on how my day is going and how I wanna set the tone. So today I'm actually feeling really hopeful and productive. Uh, and I'm trying to keep that shit going through until the evening. Anyway, so just to get back on track, I started this podcast, yeah, just as I mentioned earlier, to respond to the gaps of our narratives as well, because I think, especially now, what's happening on the continent, there's a lot of things happening, of course, not just with Nigeria and SARS, but we're hearing so many narratives, and even in Ethiopia, you hear so many things that are happening, and now you're also hearing things in North America or the Americas to black people, and even though there is, it is, tra it is tragedy that is brewing this, I also don't want it to be a space where 
we are just talking about um, the misfortunes that are happening to us. Uh, we absolutely will be in solidarity and support each other, but I want this to be also a space where we share each other's skills and mindsets and ideologies and brew and grow together um, and also showcasing each other. I want this to be a platform where other black creatives, whether you are from here in Addis or neighboring countries, the continent, wherever it might be, I really want people to come here and talk about the amazing things that they're doing um, and how they're going about life and just even ways that they're coping. Uh, we, we want this to be healing and productive and fun and a good old good a good time, basically, you know. As I mentioned earlier, an ideal night for me is drinks flowing, favorite people around you, and just great discussion with the someone stirring the damn pot because that always gets people going. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I want to get straight into it. So, generally, the style of my podcast, uh, I want to keep it really interactive and engaging. So, I will. I do have an Instagram page. It's called electric lady pod or at electric lady pod so you guys can go ahead and follow that where you can also submit um and i will do i will be doing uh what is what are those called oof my grammar just like completely left my mind my grammar my spelling my vocabulary has gone to shit ah uh, oh thanks pandemic what is it? Survey. <laughs> you know how you can do those surveys on Instagram? So I'm planning on doing surveys where everyone will kind of submit what they want to talk about the next week or the next episode. And I think that would be really great because I've, I've already had a really great submission, um, submissions from people that I put on my person that that I shared with on my personal page um, and I shared a survey on things that they want to talk about and you guys are honestly brilliant like this is why you guys are my peoples because the things you guys talk about gold rich amazing necessary relevant so I applaud you all for your brilliant minds and I will also definitely bring some of these topics to the forefront so now that you know a thing or two about me I swear, I've always like I'm trying like I'm trying not to choke right now, cause a bug just flew into my mouth. <laughs> Before I recorded this, a bug a bug flew into my mouth, and um, I still had to keep the show going. I paused, I dealt with it, and you just keep it moving. And that's kind of how I usually deal with my issues in the end of the day. So, anyway, <laughs> I wanted to uh, get started actually on one of the submissions and. There were so many amazing topics. Uh, one of them being actually, how did I find my creative and personal identity, especially within a context within the context of being um, a child of first generation immigrants, uh, specifically from Ethiopia or in, within our culture, and I'm sure many other African or African American folks or whoever it might be can relate to that because I think generally as uh, as black people, we have we all have different family dynamics within our cultures, absolutely. But family is really the core, and our community is really the true, I guess, foundation behind why we are in school, for instance, or some of us become doctors, lawyers, and engineers, and pioneer in that, and 
you know, make our families proud and our communities proud because these are automatically things seen as beneficial. And I think that is true. There is definitely truth to that. There is, but again, when it comes down to finding our own personal identities, again, I would say that I, uh, it was a really challenging moment because I think growing up, um, a little bit about myself in Canada, we basically moved, I f my family moved there, I think almost over 30 years ago, but they had, uh, they had their own hardships and experience with blackness, especially as immigrants. However, now, me being born in that society where, number one, this country was founded on white supremacy and was stolen, the system is rigged. The system is fucking rigged in America, where, wherever. Like, it's, it's fucking stolen. America, North America, South America, like, the system is rigged. It was founded by European, not even founded, stolen by Europeans. And um, so, yeah. Let's just keep that in mind. And so now, generations later, years later, however many genocides that had to happen, you have the system that's already developed based on your centric values and whatever commonwealth values or whatever the fuck that means. Canada's still a commonwealth country, unfortunately. Anyhow, anyway, so that being said, I was born and raised in a society that, of course, by default, will deem me as black. And Ethiopians are black, just an FYI. Even, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people tend to forget. Um, and of course, when, sorry about that. Uh, my little neighborhood is a little lit lituation. It's, I, I live in like a really cool part of Addis, but definitely always some lively shit happening outside. So if you guys do hear some things, just ignore it. Um, <laughs> back to what I was saying. So that being said, we have had a different experience based on this Eurocentric system. And again, my identity is when I grew up and I went to school and I went under the schooling system, I'm black, period. These people do not give a fuck if Ethiopians, uh, you know, were not colonized or whatever the hell. That is not relevant to the white audience. They don't care. When you are black, you are treated as black. So my identity partially comes from my upbringing and my experience. That being said, I'm gonna put a pin on that. I will definitely say uh, the school system has definitely formed my, my sense of self in a very problematic way. Um, it made me insecure. I mean, like, I don't know if, it, if it's everyone, but like, I went to school with a lot of people, a lot of white people and like, I was mostly the black kid, like those single black kid in like not just my entire school, but sometimes, you know, in the whole like area, unfortunately. And um, the topics of even slavery, for instance, would come up and absolutely like we need to learn these things, but like don't read To Kill a Mockingbird, encourage these little kids to say the N word and look at me. And I'm just like, yo, like, come on. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. But then you almost feel like, what? Like, is this something I should be ashamed of? Is this something that is not appropriate? Anyway, that being said, my parents have had their own identities and their own um, sense of self already established. Yes, they've had struggles and they have gone through a lot. And a hundred percent, like I 
get it. But then when it comes down to guiding me and teaching me and protecting me from certain things or, you know, we now are seeing how black is beautiful. We, the recent natural hair movement, all these things like the agency that black people are slowly having in just not, I wouldn't say the fight is not over, but it has just gotten better when it comes to things like image and acceptance and being dark skinned. Like I was, of course, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't even, I don't know where to classify myself, but definitely colorism is a thing and I've experienced it within my own family. But just even that, like, now that's not cool. Like, it's just not fucking cool anymore. And you have people that will embrace you. You have women that are in the forefront out there modeling or are TV hosts or whatever it might be that share the same complexion as you. Representation is actually really helpful, especially when it comes to forming your identity. So that being said, I didn't grow up seeing that. So when my mom grew up with seeing people that she that look just like her, she didn't need to really have these kind of heavy conversations of, baby, you know, you're beautiful, your curls are beautiful, you don't need a perm, or you don't need to get your, you know, you don't need to bleach your skin, you're perfect the way you are, black is beautiful. That did not exist. So that is something that I had to figure out on my own and amongst other black youth and friends that I've grown up with. Um, and, you know, now we're all grown and, like, we're killing it. We're really thriving and we're enjoying our lives, of course, taking into account the current times and also supporting each other as well. Um, that is one thing. So I think that is one layer to my identity as, um, as a black or a, a black Ethiopian woman. And I, I'm sure many of you in the US or Canada might relate to me as well, or even in Europe. Um, that moving forward, I think um, that being said, I would definitely say with the creative route and <laughs> even doing what I had to do for studies, that is one of the biggest disappointments I think I've had from my parents. Now they're okay with it because they have kind of seen the work that I've put in and like my work paying off. But definitely telling your parents that you wanted to major in English and then minor in Middle Eastern and African studies is just like not the business. And the only reason why I was allowed to do that or just not completely disappointing my parents is because I lied and I promised that I would do um, law, law school after. Because with law, you can take any other degree as a prerequisite and just write your LSAT. Did not do that. Realized I do not want to be a lawyer much earlier, in my earlier years. I wasn't even going to attempt the LSAT. It's just not my jam. Everyone just knows and knows when to pick and choose their battles. That's just nothing that I, not even worth the disappointment of my parents, to be honest. So <laughs> I, um, yeah, just went through my U university degree and uh, discovered a lot about myself even through that. I think my university studies, uh, despite how racist some of the disciplines are, uh, especially in the English department, my God, whew. Lord, I mean, I remember having a discussion with my professor, basically telling me that white, he was trying to tell me white people are people of color, and I'm like, stop it, sir, this is not, when I'm referring to people of color, I'm literally referring to melanated peoples, people from, you know, from Southeast Asia to wherever, like Canada, First Nation, that does not include white, and basically my grades paid for, like, my grades really paid for it. But it, it's so worth it in the end of the day. Uh, that being said, yeah, I um, 
was so appreciative of the opportunity that I had to learn and find novels and books. And even, for instance, understanding Canadian history, and just not even the fact that like, it's not just white history, like there's also black history in Canadian history. There's also first, of course there is First Nation history and that is something that is so watered down and overlooked when I was in school, especially in elementary to high school. It's just no one, like they just glaze over this shit. Um, and there's so many amazing, even Asian history within Canada, like they are all a part of Canadian history. And the fact that it's so whitewashed and I discovered that this shit ain't, ain't the business, it was great. So I found that I loved topics of race and race relations and um, policy and politics, especially um, especially with my minor. It's just, it was kind of poli-sci based, um, focusing on the side of the world. So it was really awesome. And yeah, and I think that's where a lot of the things and the skills that I, I, I've, I apply now in my life like critical thinking and giving people the fair shot of making their point and whatever, debating, and also doing it in an appropriate way is really has been, um, has been awesome. Uh, when it comes down to social justice, that's where we don't play. There is, it is no gray area. Like I saw this post um, <laughs> not too long ago and it's like, it was a cartoon of like a black girl and a white girl and a wh the white girl's like, yeah, like, well, we can just like disagree and still be friends or something like that. And the black girl's like, maybe on pizza toppings, but like not, you know, basically inquiring, not racism, come on. Like that, it does not, no. There is no diplomacy behind this. Um, yeah, yeah. So I definitely will say that some of these, to summarize, I would say these experiences were the core of my identity. And then when it comes to the little lessons and it, the, I guess when it comes to my individual um, persona or identity or things that form my mindset and my interests, those, of course, some of those things may be controversial in our community. And um, number one, of course, is taking up a creative route. That's something that, uh, I, personally, in Ethiopian culture, I do believe that art is so foundational from music to tattooing. It's such a lost, it's a lost art now, um, to the clothes. Everything has a story and a meaning behind it. And, um, and, it's, and it's, skillful. it's skillful. The artisans, the artisan work, the paintings, ancient history archives or it's just remarkable but we really do not place emphasis on the importance of it um i live in an area where it's really old i mean some of these buildings are over 100 something years old 80 something years old and uh it's unfortunate seeing how for instance the chinese are coming in and demolishing really beautiful old buildings and rebuilding really I don't know, just plain old modern quote unquote. It's just not, it ain't, it, it's not it. It's really not it. And it just goes to show how we value the arts and how we value cre the creative route. Um, there is a scene, absolutely, do not get me wrong. There is a scene, but it's just not upheld to the same level of importance. Like the theater world here is beautiful. It's remarkable. Like my mom would always tell me her favorite play was Othello. And 
they really there are so many skilled actors here and it's just um it's i think in all societies globally the arts is just not seen as something that is that important so by default i just gravitated towards that um i gravitated towards music or art or journalism and and journalism i mean like i have done like a little articles and a little bit of writing but i'm not full on um and yeah now podcasting and this is something i th- i feel like my parents didn't understand in the beginning but when they seen the benefits and when I say the benefits, it, like even just for myself and for my happiness and seeing how happy it makes me, I think that's something that they genuinely want to invest in. Um, and also, my mom is a free spirit. My parents are both like very, I would say they're fairly moderate when it comes to a lot of things. Uh, they let me kind of do my thing. They've never really constrained me. But when it came to academia, like they did not play. Like you can be all that. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But do not make that your only thing. Like do not make that your only hustle. But now we're in an age where your skills are valuable. Like it's not so much now, of course, if you specialized in something and it's a necessary or an essential job, absolutely, we need that. Um, that's what helps people. That's the support we need. But when it comes down to personal interest and now trying to make that and personal skill to make and to make things to apply it into society and also live off of it, I can somewhat now see a shift where, you know, you're you're even having these little Gen Z kids come up on TikTok. Like TikTok is a whatever. It's like it, it's an app. People thrive on it, but seeing how even Instagrammers or influencers I'm talking about people, what, like how whoever you might follow, but seeing how those people are applying their skills, sometimes even their lack ofs, but just how they're promoting themselves is a skill on its own. And seeing what kind of services that they push out there or product that they put, put out there, it's a skill. And now we're such a skill-based society and you don't need even the knowledge. When it comes to the knowledge, the knowledge is accessible literally online. You just Google things you go online and you promote yourself or you're learning or you're self-taught. So we're finding that gravitational and that that shift in society where now people kind of don't need, it, not saying that we need we don't need our elders. We absolutely do need our elders. But the nature of knowledge and how it's being passed down is now less being uh, passed down from a senior or older person and literally you have technology that's passing you down knowledge and so that being said um, when it comes to the creativity aspect of it and finding your identity there are so many outlets that we have access to to find our identity and our personal identities Um, and for compromise honestly I'm the wrong person when it comes to giving a fuck about what our culture thinks because this is the thing our culture especially conservative Ethiopian traditional culture also has a side that is not professional or conservative or traditionalist. They're, listen, Asmari Bitoch, like, which is um, a cultural, like, it's like a cultural uh, gathering space or, I would, it's not a restaurant, but it's like a bar and you just chill and you just, list, like, you know, this is where people will play, play instruments. It's literally where the arts thrive and songs and rhymes. And even back in the day, my mom was telling me 
if you had beef with someone, you go to the Asmari beat and like the person, you'll tip the guy who's playing like the instruments or like the karar. It's like a violin. Um, so basically, they'll tip the person and they'll diss that person for you because, you know, that person has like mad skills and can like read you to filth literally at the top of their head. And um, it's really funny, but like it's the arts were heavily used and such a huge component of just places to gather. Um, yeah, and just even for instance with like how we view tattoos now, I think personally for me, I love tattoos. I will continue getting them done. My parents, again, even people in our culture, they might not be down for that. But again, like we have are coming from a westernized concept. Like the fact that they don't like the normalization of tattoos is really not traditional to us because my ancestors, my great grandmothers, my great aunts had literally their necks and chest tattooed, like full on Bible verses in like the, you know, which is like the traditional alphabet. And seeing now how because of globalization and the interaction with the West, our sense of creativity has died down. And that's what I'm really critical of. And that's where my stance with creativity stands, especially in the Ethiopian context. So I don't consider what general society, I guess modern day Ethiopian society thinks of these things or thinks of you know someone becoming an actor or an author or a musician. You have so many people now. You have like The Weeknd or you have Amine or these guys that are like actually making it big, which is of course a very general and go-to answer. But the point is that there is, they had a lot of hate and a lot of discouragement from the community. I mean, from the jump, like people are like, what the fuck are you gonna do with your life? Like useless, you'll never make it type of shit. And look where they're at now. And I'm not saying that some of you guys that are pursuing more of a creative route are going to, you know, people are going to hate on you or you're not getting that support. I'm Some of you guys are, and that's amazing. But we need to kind of normalize that as well. And honestly, the boomer generation is eventually, it's just kind of, um, I hate to say this, but it's just disappearing. And the mentality as well. And again, I did not come from, personally, I don't come from parents. I do come from family members or a family that has maybe very traditionalist mindset, but my parents, as, as their own people, never really imposed um, ageism on me because they just are inspired by young people. Like, my parents freaking love young kids. They fuck with Gen Z heavy, which is so remarkable. Like, I remember I had a discussion even with my aunt I think like a few few months back, but she was talking to me about even just like marriage dynamics and and um, divorce. And so she was just giving me all these scenarios, like would you divorce him if he did this, and if you would you divorce your husband if he did that. And I, and my mom was there, and she was just like, honestly, she was like, these kids have sense. Like this generation has, they will leave you and will not think twice, and that is a great thing. And my aunt just was like, ooh, you guys are a lost cause. But that speaks volumes and I think that speaks in the the gap of um, just even how I guess some of these things that uh, are authentic and traditional to us like creativity and you know and the arts I really do see that um, we're because of our adaptation of Eurocentric values um, it's kind of 
not as embraced. And I would definitely say not as embraced by the older generation. The newer generation, again, like I said, are thriving. They're so cool. Um, there's a place called Fendica, actually, that I go to from time to time that houses a lot of creative minds, authors, people. Um, and again, you see so many people from the diaspora that also come and, you know, perform their art or play their instruments or sing or whatever it might be. And it's together, especially with the local talent. And then also the art gallery behind there. It's just a space that houses a lot of artistic minds and creatives. And uh, that's something that we need more. Like that in green spaces, for sure. Because again, uh, we're Western capitalistic mindset and ideals are the reason why we are not thriving. I, I honestly, I just, I personally am really against um, some of these things. Just because again, like we need to look back into our history as well. And like, why are, you know, even just clothing, like I understand, yeah, like we all wear westernized clothing and whatever, but again, um, and there is its time and place for have to, to wear your traditional clothes, but that was not the norm. So like something even like clothing that was imported, what makes you think other ideologies were not imported? You know, like we need to think a little critically about that because that is what sets the tone of a whole generation and a society, and I see it in my parents. Another great example, I know we're talking about creativity, guys, but there are so many tangents, and it all kind of stems from the same place. Um, the note, Because it, I'm highlighting the general attitude and notion that creativity and taking the artistic route and taking the non-conventional route tends to have, and it's kind of BS. Um, but back to what I was saying, a good example, for instance, uh, my mother and I had a discussion and I asked her, I was like, what do you consider getting your hair done? And I think this is globally as black women, getting your hair done, especially from their generation, is going to the salon and getting it pressed out and straight, like bone straight or whatever, but manipulating your hair texture so it can not be as difficult to deal with or too kinky. Uh, and that is crazy. Like uh, getting your hair done for me is proper, like me doing my hair, a twist out or a bantu knot out before the night before because that is it takes time you're really learning your texture you're loving your texture and what is again authentic and true to you and your your ancestry and who you are um so for her she really considers that she's like this is not me getting my hair done my hair is a natural hair is a mess um where I'm the complete opposite, where I think we all have agency. I'm not against people getting their hair straightened. I like to get my hair straightened sometimes. However, it's about options. It's not necessarily saying that this is me getting my hair done or else I'm a mess. Um, that That is the diff completely different narrative, but that is a common narrative that is shared. And where did that come from? Like, where did these tools come from? The West. So when we, as especially as Africans really need to criticize um, colonialism. I also think we need to cl criticize colonial mentality. And that being said, it also includes colonial ideals um, and westernized or capitalistic ideals. So yeah, that is a little bit of a, a, ge a gem or two about um, finding, I guess, identity within our own context. Um, 
and acknowledging that honestly, like there is no tiptoeing around it. It's either you're going to disappoint or you're going to do what you're what makes you happy and sometimes what makes you happy is what is acceptable as well. So there is no winning in the end of the day. I think if you want to um, pursue whatever creative route it is, make sure that you just enjoy what you're doing and it source it's the source of your happiness. And I'm not I'm a firm believer in having a day job but then also like supplying your side hustle until your side hustle becomes your main hustle. That is absolutely something that I vouch for just because in realistic times, we we need jobs. And um, if you're bra- if some of you guys are brave enough to like quit everything and go ahead and pursue the creative route, I really applaud you guys. You guys are you know brave as hell. And I'm very supportive of that. But also like I'm also equally as supportive of someone that has a day job and also does their creative thing on the side. I think it's pretty remarkable. I think that duality as well is just really, I, th- I think that's something that I've always identified with. Um, yeah, so I uh, realistically speaking, no, uh, for African parents, and I think um, for Ethiopian parents, don't really, I don't know, I can't really tell anyone what to do, but what really helped me was knowing the fact that I did, in the end of the day, have a day job, like a, uh, a regular schmegular career, and then also invested my time and efforts into the creative side of myself. Um, But now I'm really investing more time in my creative side because I think that's because of COVID, honestly, like put everything on a pause. And I think many of us can relate that we are reevaluating our priorities and our sources of happiness as well. Um, There's less outlets now. So we kind of have to sit with ourselves and see what fuels us. Yeah, so... um, I would definitely say, yeah, like if you feel driven um, to have a very traditional and, you know, traditional life or a way where you're appeasing your families. But if it's if it's coming from a genuine place where you are actually like, yes, I do want to be an engineer because I want to apply myself in this skill or I do want to be a doctor because I'm, I really enjoy it or a lawyer, whatever the traditional three that we're always given. I love that because, again, we need people like that. We need the essentials. But understanding the source of um, why, and uh, and also that there is so much to our identity than our jobs, and also cultivating that and finding that time to pay attention to that part, um, even you know because I, I I know lawyers and doctors and people that are so interesting, they're not their jobs like they have personalities they also are so creative and i think that's a side that our families don't really see like they know that like okay they have the serious job and this yes probably does take a lot of their time but they also have such great talents and skills that they also invest in and apply themselves to so duality is so important i think it's really great we're not all carbon copies and we're definitely not extensions of our parents I think that's also another notion that we should definitely get rid of, but that's for another show. Um, Yeah, so I am going to leave you guys there. Um, It has been such an amazing time. I, it's weird because I I usually, I feel really uncomfortable talking by myself, but I'm, the way I think it plays out in my head is that I'm actually engaging and having conversations. I guess replaying conversation that conversations that I've had that are relevant to this topic before. So 
it sounds weird. And trust me, I'm not one of those people that likes the sound of my own voice. I genuinely love people's company. So uh, thank you for engaging with me on the first episode. And I think the next episode is going to be a little bit longer because I will have a co-host and I plan on releasing these bi-weekly two times a week or two times a month and um, having someone else engage and you all engage with me. I mean, some of you guys have such great contributions, so feel free to submit, tell me things, stories, or whatever it is, and um, I will be so happy to discuss and elaborate and also share that with uh, my co-host at the time. So thank you again, and I hope you guys have a beautiful week, a beautiful month, beautiful year mercury is in retrograde so y'all better watch out for your electronics and i wish you well <laughs>